0: Welcome to the R2RB podcast series, where we interview local musicians and get to know them on a more personal basis. I'm Deb LaMotta, your host for R2RB podcast series. This podcast is about the local musicians' journey, their influences, their creative process, and so much more. We'll also highlight their music and let you know where they will be playing their next gig. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our 2 rb podcast series. Today I have with me the Honey Badgers, Michael Natron and Aaron Magnin. Michael and Aaron started creating music together in 2011. They are both from Delaware and have performed all over the state and surrounding areas. They are full-time musicians that takes them up and down the East Coast, where they make a connection with their music and each stop along the way. And thank you both, Michael and Aaron, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. How are you both? doing
1: doing well doing well yeah doing great good good away from the smoke
0: yeah right just this is just this whole week has been crazy um and hopefully the uh the you know the fires die down in Canada I mean I just can't even think what it's like up there let alone what it's been like here in Delaware with all of that so let me ask you one question that wasn't on the list that I like to ask (laughs) real simple what's your favorite app on your phone and why Oh,
1: my gosh. Hmm. Hmm. Michael, you want to go first?
2: My favorite app on my phone is probably currently YouTube. Um, just because they target their content extremely well <laughs> at me. They know what niches I'm into, and I like watching YouTube. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with um, a photo editing app called Afterlight. That I've had for like a decade, and I don't even think it's being updated anymore. <laughs> oh no! But it's got filters that like automatically make you seem way cooler than you are, and I enjoy that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it, and and I enjoy asking this questions because I find apps that I would not have no, you know necessarily known about. So I'm going to just add that to my list and see if we can if I can find it.
1: works. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: So work. Exactly. <laughs> <I think so. laughs> Well, where did you meet, and how long have you known each other? We've known each other for a long time.
2: Yeah, we originally technically met when we were in high school. We went to different high schools, but we met through mutual friends around 2007, 2006,
1: 2007. Oh my gosh, it's been
2: so long. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but then we sort of reconnected towards the end of our college time, probably around 2011.
1: Yeah, we both went to University of Delaware, um... And we were both on like very different tracks, but yeah, like Michael said, towards the end we we both started we both ended up
0: playing music like in the same I don't know realm. <laughs> right, right, right. And and so you were playing your own music separately before you uh, partnered up. Michael was
2: correct. I wasn't.
1: <laughs> no, I. You- I was singing in an acapella group and I was like in various choirs, but I was not singing my own music. So that was very new to me when I started hanging out with Michael and, you know, singing his tunes.
0: And so, Michael, I read that you contacted Erin in 2011 and asked her to join you to play at a local venue.
2: That's correct. The rumors are true.
0: <laughs> the rumors are true. <laughs> and Aaron, were you hesitant? I mean, um, did, did, my, did Michael just call you out of the blue? Sort of. It was very unexpected. Like
1: we were friends, but um, I guess he knew I played violin and he wanted to sound folkier. So his idea was that I would play violin and he would, you know, sound like a cool folk guy. But um, he didn't realize that I was like not great at violin and I had never played folk in my life. I was just like a very amateur, classically trained violinist.
0: Wow. Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) it was definitely intimidating like i didn't know if i could do what he was wanting me to do but it was it was a nice challenge to try to to play something
0: folk adjacent <laughs> oh my gosh so so then in the beginning when michael called you did you do was it the same venue that you did a couple shows at or did you do a couple shows at some different venues and was it a lot of work then to bring it all together to make it work together
2: it was actually a competition hosted by the Delaware Friends of Folk and so we the first night that we played together we made it to the finals of the competition so then a few months later we we went and competed against the other bands that made the finals so
0: yeah oh that's what it was okay so because you know I did my research and that part I don't think I came across so that was that's pretty cool I like (laughs) that all right and so I'm gonna you know how did how did that all work out (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think it was
1: kind of best case scenario because it it like forced us to keep practicing and um, keep playing together. Like we had to not not. <laughs> it sounds like it was like a chore, but you know, like there's so much going on at the end of college that I think there's a chance that we would have just maybe faded away from each other and like not continued playing together. But because we had you know this competition coming up, we kept going. And then, you know, people started asking us to play shows and we were like, yeah, of course. And then kind of snowballed from there.
2: Yeah. We started so, writing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it worked out well for the both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're more or less classically trained, Erin? Yes. And, and Michael, you're more folksy americana what would yes and then and you brought aaron on to to your team with the folksy americana <laughs> listening to your music which i have you would never know that you never not play together and that there was ever a separation of the two of you because the two of you just complement each other so nicely Oh, that's so kind. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. No, absolutely. And so, Michael, what drew you into the folksy Americana genre?
2: I would say mostly that's like sort of the stuff that I grew up listening to, um, like Simon and Garfunkel and the Mountain Goats. I think it's what I like to listen to as well and watch singer-songwriters perform. Um, It's the type of music that can be done anywhere. You don't need anything special. You just need... uh, guitar or piano or something simple and play and sing and let the song speak for itself
0: right oh absolutely and do you both write the songs together separately
2: so for the most part we write songs separately and then we'll come together to like tweak them or refine them there are rare occasions that we write together entire songs from start to finish but it's tough
1: yeah we i'm not sure if we mentioned but we're married so that we already spent a lot of time together. So sometimes writing together, we're like, okay, let's just do this separately. And then we'll <laughs> come together to make it sound nice and pretty and polished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And it does, it does sound very polished when, when you're listening to your music. And so w- what is folk music? How can you, what, what's your, um, explanation of folks, folk music?
1: I feel like I am not a good person to ask because like I, I really think I became a folk fan late in life. But to me, it's just, um kind of like the music of the people it's it's music that's honest and relatable and i think at its core like kind of simple so and you know throw a couple string instruments in there and i guess that's folk in my opinion yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and it and you tell a story with your songs we try to yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so the the, the stories that you have told um, and you are on the road most of the time, all the time, up and down the East Coast, because are you all, do you all, did I see you go all the way up to Rhode Island too? Have you been? We have been before. Um, so it's sort of a weird
1: time. Um, we were full time touring in 2019 and early 2020. And then, of course, the pandemic sort of like shut that down. Right. Um, and so for the past few years, we've been a little hesitant to like fully get back on the road just because the experience of having like an entire tour canceled is not one we
0: want to repeat. No, I can't imagine.
1: <laughs> but I think next year we are starting to book like an actual tour that's going to be farther than just
0: like Delaware, PA, Maryland. <laughs> so yeah,
2: we have awesome. some new. It's confirmed already, so we'll yeah. definitely be on the road. Oh great!
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh fun! Back on the road again. And so, yeah. so are there stories telling your story? Just not your stories about your adventures, but the stories about the two of you.
2: There's definitely a couple songs we've written that are about us and our story. Um, we don't want to write too many because they're a bit <laughs> mushy to sing live in person, and it'd be just like a gushy, mushy love fest every night if we always <laughs> sang those. I don't
1: know. Yeah. It's hard to I mean, like I think that there are parts of, you know, our story that we don't necessarily sing about because maybe they're not like picture perfect and that's sort of weird to it's 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 not weird, but it's like a hard barrier to cross to start singing sure. about that. But yeah, so for now we sing the mushy gushy love songs <laughs> <laughs> and the travel songs.
0: <laughs> and somehow it all works for you too. <laughs> What was life like on the road? I mean, were you literally on the road seven days a week? Well, we were in converted
1: camper van, like a self-converted, hauling our gear and sleeping and driving all in the same little space, which was really convenient, honestly. But yeah, there was definitely a learning curve to um, like dealing with stress. Like there's
0: nowhere to decompress with each other.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like You know, even if we weren't, you know, frustrated with each other, just frustrated in general or stressed out, there's like nowhere to go. So we ended up doing a lot of taking walks and going on hikes and sitting in nature, um, walking around Walmart just to (laughs) just to get some exercise.
0: You laugh because a quick story. I have uh, four children and when they were young and I needed to get out and go somewhere, I would literally, my my then husband would would stay with the kids and I, I said, I'll be back in a little while. I'd go to CVS and walk around. So Walmart works for you. CVS worked for me. <laughs> And <laughs> I may, you know, I might have bought, bought one little thing, but yeah. So when you're traveling like that, you definitely and you're traveling together and you're spending 24-7 with each other. You made it work, though.
1: Yeah. And I would say the coolest part about traveling like that is we out of necessity, we discovered so many cool places, so many amazing like secret places. Places to park our van and sleep. So many cool little coffee shops that were dog friendly. So we would bring our dog in, like get our work done. It was fun. <laughs> it was yeah. fun.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, good because I, I'm sure there are other people that have not had, you know, quite the same experience as you. And since this is your career in your in your van, <laughs> in your camper, <laughs> yeah, that that is awesome. So, what's the favorite spot that you that you did find along the way?
2: Um. I think my favorite area that we've traveled to and played around is Asheville, North Carolina.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Okay. I would say to perform, yes. Lots of cool, cool spots in Asheville. Um, To park our little camper, Florida and Georgia have some really cool like public land that you can just park on for free. And it's Mm -hmm. all beautiful with like the Spanish moss coming down and Yeah. yeah, yeah
0: good times. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, I've only been as far as, well, I've been to Florida, North Carolina, my oldest lives in North Carolina, so, and right outside of Asheville. So it's really, really, really nice down there. Being on tour, which way are you going to start first next year? We are confirmed going up to
1: New England. So yeah, Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts, probably New Hampshire and Maine. possibly. So that's going to be next spring. Possibly before that, we might take a trip out to
0: like out west I don't know
1: is Missouri out west The Midwest.
0: so did you ever think that you would be where you are now with your singing careers I mean it was the first competition and here you are you know traveling all over and did you ever think you would be here
2: no I mean I I think I always dreamed about it when I was in high school and college playing music for a living but I never thought we would actually make it work but it's working yeah
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely was there a time in the beginning where you kind of thought it wouldn't work i would say we 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 got married in
1: 2015 and i think the few years after that we were really doing the whole like you know settle down do what's expected of you keep your day job um <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't until we were both about to turn 30 that i was like should we like give this a try or what like what are we doing <laughs> like should we try to chase our dream dreams a tiny bit <laughs>
0: yeah and and so here you are definitely no i'm glad you chased the music dreams and that you're still going and that yeah. you're here talking with me tonight absolutely so you did give up your day jobs though right
2: when you, yeah yeah which the, the timing of that worked at that point where the world was but mm-hmm. as soon as we were mid 2020 it became a little bit challenging but we're still working through it Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, And was it was it a hard decision? But or did it just start when with COVID that you gave up the day jobs? And because
2: everybody gave up their day jobs. (laughs) Uh, uh, In yeah, the start of 2019, actually, probably. So we recorded our full length album in 2018. And towards the end of that process, we like sat down and looked at our budget and our savings and made the hard decision to leave our day jobs and just do music full time to support the release of that album.
0: Yeah. That's not, that's not an easy decision. I mean, it must've been a little bit scary for you both. It was. I think
1: it was. Yeah. I, I would say probably more for Michael than for me. I had actually already taken a step back from my like actual high paying job and I was doing, um, not that it was that high paying. What am I talking about? (laughs) Um, but I, I, Shifted from like a traditional nine to five to doing um, voice lessons. So I had sort of already taken like a little half leap. So the decision wasn't very hard for me. I would say it's probably a little harder for you
2: because
1: you were like, he he was, he's an engineer. It was, it was oh my a gosh. very, it was a change, you know? It
0: was. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that it's all worked out because it really has really worked out. As I said <laughs> earlier, the both of you just compliment each other you seem to have been there together right from the beginning you might have been classical and you got the folksy americana but it just absolutely works so well with the two of you and your voices are beautiful the music is a just I, I i yeah oh the other thing too who does who's doing the artwork for the covers oh it's usually us
2: <laughs> yeah for our latest single we made some watercolor cutouts and pieced that artwork together and that allowed us to like sort of animate some videos to go along with it, which was fun. Yeah. Um, and one of Aaron's best friends did our full length cover art. Yeah. The,
1: with uh, the van and the dog and our faces. That's and my friend. Yeah,
0: oh she- my, yeah. No, I love the artwork. And I, I did read that you two had a, a hand in doing your artwork like that was just so great. It just gives it an, even a more personal touch. So during the pandemic, how did you, make it all work? That's a good question. That's a
2: great question. Um, So yeah, going back to like March of 2020, I remember we played a Thursday night brewery gig in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania.
1: Well, first we called them up and we said, (laughs) hey, are we still on? And they were like, yeah, why wouldn't we be? (laughs) And we were like, oh. So we played that. (laughs) Right, after
2: that, we were packing up to head to Boston the next day for St. Patty's weekend. We had a gig booked at Sam Adams Brewery. And they emailed us and said it was on hold. So that's sort of where the pandemic started for us. Um, Everything after that canceled. So we did a bunch of live streams in March, April, May of 2020, sort of like banded together and did like multi-artist live streams with other musicians and then started doing outdoor gigs in June, July, August of 2020 it, it oh. changed it just it changed how we look at performing in front of a live audience it yeah. makes us not not take it for granted anymore yeah yeah
1: oh I was just gonna say we had um a, a really wonderful core of fans who would like watch our live streams um and you know like tip us so that was really it was really nice to stay connected to listeners that way um and we also during the pandemic started doing weddings so that was like a total pivot for us but what they were happening and they were they were you know there were weddings that had gone from like a 200 person guest list to like a 50 person guest list and they didn't want to have a dj and they just wanted a little folk duo so yeah sort of a good opportunity
2: for us venues and breweries were shut down so yep. weddings yeah. were it for yeah. A
0: while. yeah you're right with the weddings uh my first wedding that canceled was a 200 200- uh, person, you know, reception. And, you know, it was, it was like day to day. I don't know what's happening. Will you, st- will you stick by us while well, we're down to now we're, we're now the venue is canceling and this is canceling. And it was literally the bride and the groom and myself at a state park that happened to be uh, the opening of fishing day in Connecticut. We were wondering why all these people were there. They all gathered around down below and uh, it all worked out, but yeah, well, I'm glad that that worked out for you too. Um, and so many people had to you know, find a different way to make whatever living they were doing at that time work through the pandemic. Do you have a favorite song?
1: Of ours or of yeah. other people's? Uh, of your own. I'm like just writing a few new songs Currently, and of course the new ones are always the favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I think my my favorite song that we've recorded is uh Willow Hoop. It's a bit of a travel song, but also a bit of like, you know, the the differences between us are less than the the sameness of humanity.
2: I think my favorite song of ours currently is probably our latest single called correct course Mm -hmm. i feel like we worked with a producer for the first time and got the song sounding the way we wanted it to on the record and i'm happy with it overall
0: who's who's your your producer
2: oh it's our friend eric lesperance from the duo ash and eric
0: his his (laughs) name is harvest roots recording though
2: (laughs) yes okay yeah
0: and so like you said your newest single is correct course how is it doing
2: It's doing well. I think it's like the streaming numbers for it are actually rivaling our prior release already, which is good for us. Um, And I think when we perform it live, it's gotten a good reaction.
0: Yeah. So your first your first recording, which was which one? Oh, gosh, our very first recording
1: that we did together was an EP called Booth Bay. Correct. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, that was in
0: 2011. Wow. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and did you, was it, what was it like recording for the fir- very first time? Neither one of you had been in a recording stu- studio, correct?
2: I had recorded with my previous band. You had? But this one, we we snuck into a UD studio. It was
1: a, it's a, it's like a small concert hall.
2: Yeah. Tracked <laughs> everything live and it was really fun. It was a cool experience together.
1: Yeah, that was probably one of our easiest recording experiences. We just, we knew we had a time limit. We weren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> we like set up the mics, you know, ran through all the songs twice and got out of there. Wow.
0: <laughs> so a little bit different recording that very first one to to your, to your new single. Is it new single? Yeah. Or is it yep. an album? New single. I kind of asked this question before, but what's your favorite city or town or venue to play?
2: Broadly speaking, I would say that playing at house concerts or like barn shows, like unique shows with communities of people are my favorite to play.
1: I for cities, yeah, I would I would still go
0: Asheville yeah. and um, Portland, Maine. Mm. And of course, Newark, Delaware. Of course. Absolutely. You just mentioned house concerts because I was gonna ask you about house concerts, how you came up with that concept. Is it a new concept? And how does it work? Oh it's <laughs> it's not our it's not our idea. concept. I wish
1: we could take credit for it. Yeah. Michael, you probably know more about the beginnings of house concerts. It's like they're, a folky thing.
2: Yeah, it's they're pretty popular in the singer-songwriter-folk, independent musician realm. Um, it's a good way to connect with fans in like an intimate listening room type environment, and you can do them in pretty much anybody's house. Um, I grew up attending them. There's a, a place near Dover, Delaware that used to host um, concerts. They're called Cool Dog House Concerts. And everybody would bring food and there were dogs and babies and it was a really good time. And you get to like hear the stories about the songs and listen more intimately to songs than you do elsewhere. Sometimes, depending on where it is and how long of a set it is, there's like an intermission and you all share food and hang out for a little while and then play more music. Yeah, so we didn't come up with the idea. A lot of our friends and peers play house concerts I think it's a great idea
0: when I was reading it. I was like, wow. I mean, it's just like having, you know, the both of you in my living room and, uh, you know, have friends over and and have a concert. But again, and that's one of the things that I love when I do these interviews, all the new things that I find out, uh, find out about. So yeah, do you have one coming up? Do you have one coming up? And how does somebody get in contact with you to do it?
1: Yeah, so we do have one coming up in August in Westchester. Um, The funny thing about house concerts is that because they're at people's houses, sometimes the hosts, like, don't want them to be publicized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want to host your own house concert, if you want to host us or another artist that you look up to and admire, we have a little FAQ page on our website, honeybadgerfolk.com slash house (laughs) concerts.
2: House dash concerts.
1: House dash dash (laughs) concerts. But anyway... You, you can, you know, just reach out to us. Yeah. um And I, I would say that goes for most, like, smaller DIY artists. They'd probably be thrilled to have you reach out to them and say, hey, I've got 20 people that can come over to my house and we'll listen to you play music. That's yeah. that's the dream right there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I find that so true here in Delaware. There's so many nice small venues intimate venues here in delaware and the, the musicians and the um, bands that are here in delaware just just seem just kind of mesh with each other and you know i i originally started following um who did i Bridget, a lowercase blues mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah last year that's kind of how i got connected because you you like one and then it's like oh Judy sings the blues Gretchen Emery band and this one and that one. <laughs> And I can go here and I can go there. I have yet to make it my way up to, to the Wilmington area or or Newark. That is my my adventures for this summer to make it up that way. I'm comfortable in Dover and, and down in Sussex, <laughs> but now I got to go the other way. I'll be showing up at one of your shows. Are there any moments that you want to share that you just couldn't believe happened during one of your shows, some oddball thing? <laughs>
1: oh man well let's go with a, a good one first a positive one really early on in our existence as a duo one week we were chatting about a singer songwriter that we really both like loved zach williams um and we were like "How you heard this song by him like wow he's so good and then the next week we got an email saying hey do you want to open for zach williams new band Coach fellow
0: wow oh my gosh oh um,
1: uh, yes obviously yeah. of course like so that <laughs> wow. was a really really that's still one of my favorite memories
2: favorite shows.
1: this is a good time absolutely
2: another unbelievable thing that happened at a live show we were um in newark delaware at the newark bike project opening up for our friend joy ike and we were at the end of our set playing the last song a guy in the front row started to have a seizure i thought he was joking at first like i thought he was like dancing to the music in his own way well
1: he looked like he was passing out we yeah thought he was like falling asleep
2: it was it was very strange and when i realized it wasn't a joke we stopped playing the song and called 911 yeah it, wow. was, it was but he ended up being fine and it shook everybody up but the rest of the night went well yeah <laughs> but
1: it i i think the weirdest thing about that is that it's such a unique position to be the artist who's like you're trying to create a moment in the room, but also you can see everyone. Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware of everyone and how they're doing. And are they having fun? And what you know, are they like locked in with you, but also you have not pay attention to that so that you can make music and (laughs) be, you know, a performer, definite experience of like, living in both worlds <laughs>
0: wow wow yeah i mean people don't really stop to think that you guys just get up there you get your instruments and you it, you know you're, it's a go but you read the room who's there who's coming in um you know what's going on around you so there's a lot of things going i'm sure whirling through your heads while you're also playing and make it all sound so effortlessly a
1: lot going on <laughs>
0: Is there anything that you would change in the beginning, starting your journey together um, or has everything always kind of been on the right path? That's a great question.
2: Yeah. That's a really good question.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not a big regret person. I, I, I'm pretty big on like, you know, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Um, maybe I wish we had written more and were recorded or released more in the past 10 years?
2: Yeah, I was sort of thinking the same as well. We've been attending a bunch of songwriting workshops recently. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I'm learning is just that like, in order to write a great song, you have to write some bad songs, you have to write some good songs, you have to write some okay songs, you just have to keep on writing and writing and writing. I think when we first started out, we were super precious about, we write a song, I think it's perfect and don't ever change it. And don't yeah. stop to think like whether it could have been better or whether something could have been changed in it. Um, yeah,
1: or like every the feeling that every song you write has to be amazing enough to put on an album, and that kind of creates a blockage for any anything less than perfect, which is right. you know horrible for songwriting horrible for art in general so
0: right. yeah okay or you can twist it around too like everything that you have gone through now you can look back on and you know just put it all into your songwriting
1: yeah that's true now we have you know we, we didn't write, write those songs back then so now they can come out now
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Michael, you called up Erin and asked her to join you for a few shows in the beginning. And obviously, that has worked out for the both of you. Um, And when did you become a a couple?
2: (laughs) Um, Not too long after. Yeah, I
1: I think we might have both like had crushes on each other.
0: (laughs) But we weren't telling each other. So you originally just started out as two people doing music together. And then it grew from there.
2: Yeah. That's true. I think yes. we both wanted to hang out with each other more and more and the music made that easy.
0: Yeah. At our first, at that first show
1: though, someone did ask us if we were married Yeah. <laughs> and we were like 22. <laughs> we were like, no, I we're
0: not dating. <laughs> hadn't, hadn't even thought about it, right? <laughs> what's What's uh, coming next for you two besides next year? I know you're gonna, you already talked about, you know, your tour, what's coming up in, in the near future?
2: Yeah. We've got a super busy month, Friday, the 16th of June. 2023 we're playing at dogfish in rehoboth okay. <laughs> um that should be really fun we played there a couple months ago and it's a good time always um and then the friday following that we'll be at Killens pond state park on the 23rd of june that and one then... i
0: did read and that one is not too far from me i will be there awesome Ooh, yay that's yeah, exciting
2: <laughs> yeah the state park gigs are always a lot of fun Okay. It's cool to be outside in the little amphitheaters. Um, and then one that I'm really looking forward to this summer is Music Fest up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's like a two-week-long free music festival. Um, they have ticketed shows as well, but we'll, we'll be on one of the free stages on August 8th with a full band.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Our two really talented musician friends who are going to join us on drums and bass.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, that's good. Oh, be a,
0: yeah. are oh, always gosh.
2: Happy. Thehoneybadgerfolk.com slash shows. All right. (laughs) Since you
0: mentioned the Honey Badgers, how did you come up with the name?
2: Oh. (laughs) We never really gave it much thought. Um, Like we've mentioned before, we showed up to that competition. It was sort of like open mic style, and we showed up to sign up to the list, for the list, and they asked us what the name of our act was, and we didn't have an answer. But we had just watched a viral video about the Honey Badger, so we said, we're the Honey Badgers. Yeah. And it it's was, just stuck since then.
1: It was not meant to last for 12 years, but it has. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's stuck, and that's what works, and, and that's great. All right. So, you started to mention your website. So, how can people get in touch with you, social, website, et cetera?
1: Um, so, our website is honeybadgerfolk. That's badger singular.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's also our handle on pretty much every social media platform, honeybadgerfolk.
2: Yeah.
1: And you can email us at honeybadgerfolk at gmail.com if you want to see us play in
0: your city or play a house concert at your house or Or, if you just want to to to... say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Or you want to reach out and do another interview with you. True. Yeah. true. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners that I haven't asked about, or and any of the shows you can actually email me also, and I will make sure that I put it on my website. Um, anything we? Yeah, anything I missed?
2: You sort of touched on the the tight knit Delaware music community. I think a lot of people who go out and see local bands will like get introduced to other similar bands that are playing similar venues. But a lot of people who don't know that stuff is going on in Delaware don't realize that there is a local music scene. And especially since the pandemic happened, it I think supporting your local musicians is even more important than it was before. There's fewer venues now, there's fewer bands now. Um, I think if you can get out and see a local show and support your local musicians and buy a t-shirt or buy a CD, mm-hmm. it, it helps support that and keep that happening.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do say that um, I just interviewed uh, a young uh, woman, Caltoner. Cal oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so great too. And we were talking about that also. It's so because it's so easy, you know, on social media, it's you know, it's like comment and share. um You know, uh buy your buy your music. Follow follow you. Follow whoever you like. um You know, it's a great way to support. And yes, definitely go out and see. You know, who's playing? There's so many great musicians and bands, including yourselves, that are out there here in Delaware. And it's just it doesn't take a lot. Yeah merchandise if they have the merchandise and yeah definitely so i that's what i always say it's like you know it only takes it takes a little bit i'm i'm also big into the rescues too and it's, it's like one one thing it's really easy just do that one thing and the next person does the you know does the next thing so both of you michael and aaron i appreciate both of you taking your time out of your schedule um i wish you both the best of luck and i will be following you and i will be showing up at one of your concerts
1: <laughs> That's so great to hear. Thank you
0: Thank so you. much for the wonderful interview. <laughs> oh, you are welcome. Thank you for listening to the R2RB podcast series. You can listen to the podcast on www.r2rb.com podcast or on r2rb.buzzsprout.com. Are you a local musician that would like to be a guest on the R2RB podcast series? You can email us at info at r2rb.com. Have a suggestion for the next podcast interview? Send that to info at r2rv.com. Find us on Facebook at R2RB Broadcasting and
2: on Instagram at R2RV. Until next time, keep the music playing.